Hey folks, thanks for listening to another cast of Dabbling and Dribbling. Uh, before we begin, we want to make sure that you are following us on all of our social media platforms. We are Dabbling Dribbling on um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We post pretty regularly, don't you think? I think Bride posts pretty regularly. We're working on it. On we're our Instagram, on... Facebook, and Twitter. Yeah, we're working on you getting on top of that. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, he, he has feelings about that. We'll talk about social, it. Social media and me. Yeah. Uh, a topic for a future cast. It is. It is a topic for a future cast. And also be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment um, on wherever you listen to us on podcast-related uh, social media things. What are they called? Platforms? Platforms? Yeah. Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. Stitcher, SoundCloud. Check us out there. Absolutely. Give us a give us a little rating. That's Pre- preferably a five star. Yeah, a five star. Anything lower than that, I really don't want to hear from you. Yeah. Um, unless you hit us in the DMs, constructive criticism. We love that. Trying we love to, we love people sliding into our DMs. Trying to build something here. <laughs> Work with us. I know, right? Um, so we talk uh, quite a bit about a lot of different things. Uh, do you want to chime in on some of the topic areas that we? Oh, I would discuss? love to chime in. Because I had a full black weekend. You did. Uh, you were by my side for most of it. I experienced, Actually, I was by your side for all of it. Well, I mean, the things that we experienced were Get Out mm-hmm. and Black Panther. And the All-Star Games. And the All-Star Games. I mean, it's like... Black weekend. This is black as it can get. Mm-hmm. Minus Goran Dragic. It was like <laughs> all black that. everything. It was pretty In lovely. Harlem, no less. In Harlem. Yeah, we were in Harlem. It was lovely. It was a dynamite weekend. So we're going to talk about uh, the movie get out a little bit we're mm-hmm. going to talk about black panther and just kind of how i internalize there are that. some spoilers so skip ahead when that time comes we warn you we warn you yeah mm-hmm. it's all good and then uh, we kind of go into all the things that are happening in florida and the students that are kind of doing mm-hmm. wildly awesome things out there mm-hmm. um some criticism here and there and talking about for how 45 is a daft mofo um who doesn't know what number of president he is unless he gets it printed on his custom shirts something like that Really isn't that, needs isn't that something? Needs notes. He needs just notes. to know how to feel. It's terrible. It's pretty believable at this point. Right, but it also hurts me on the insides. Yeah, but he's a cartoon, so I try you know, to I try right. to keep that in mind. You're right. You're right. You're it's right. like if Daffy Duck were doing the same thing, <laughs> I'd say, oh, Daffy. And then we go into a ton of basketball, where we dive right into All Star Games and all the things that happen from beginning to the end, and everything else in between. I love the games. The game was awesome. We are going to get into that. Um, did we talk about Quincy Jones? Oh, we, oh yeah. We, we, di- we, 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 we there's, dabble. There's a bit of, a, there's a bit of an uh, editorial on Quincy. Yeah. So Quincy says some things. We talk about some basketball, um, specifically how, you know what we're not going to do? We're not going to shut up and dribble. There you go. So that's pretty dope. So we're going to talk about those things. Make sure you check us out because I'm not going to lie, this is a pretty dope cast. What up, folks? Welcome to another episode of Downward Dribbling with Alex and Bry. Hey. It is episode 36, and let's talk about some good things because mm-hmm. you had a really black weekend. I connected with my African roots this weekend. Like, and I feel really privileged to have been a part of it. Like, I feel... Yeah. I feel so connected to, like, that whole experience because of how often I actually saw you this weekend. The, yeah. We, <laughs> I, every, like, saw you almost every you were day by this my, weekend. <laughs> you were by my side and some other friends um, as I reconnected with the motherland. Yes. On several different fronts in mm-hmm. media and entertainment. Right. 
so what was the first one? First one, your boy finally saw Get Out. Took me long enough. I had some reservations. Right. And because, you saw it with other people who also didn't see it, too. Right. Couple, Actually, I think everybody didn't see it except for me and our other friend, Cornell. Right. Right. I think that was the... That was the deal. I felt comfortable knowing that one-third of the room saw what was coming yeah. and could brace us, and the other two-thirds of the room had no clue what was going to happen. I just loved watching all of your faces. My trigger... Uh, warning sensor was up like I was in full guard yes and I sat in the middle of the couch Did at you, the very you, elbow you had the best corner of the of the sectional. I could see I was in the corner of this wall like, right in the nook mm-hmm. so that I could see all parts of the room mm-hmm. and all people in the room right nothing was gonna surprise me right so I sat there was and the I puppy watched near this you? Little, um that no. wasn't Wrigley no I didn't trust him so cause he was white yeah that's, are you kidding me <laughs> So if you haven't seen Get Out, you should see it. If you haven't, and fast forward through the next like 10 minutes of this podcast, because we're just going to talk about it. If you have seen it, this is no yeah. spoiler alert. Yeah. So. It's about goddamn time. It, it, listen, <laughs> I drink enough tea and I'll be damned if anyone's going to make tea for me in the future. That, and I've made you tea before. Yeah, so. no, that ends today. Because that, that I like don't brown. trust, I don't trust <laughs> anyone that sunken place is real. I know it. He gets... He, if you're not going to see it, but you're still listening to this point, spoiler alert, he goes into this sunken place mm-hmm. where he's hypnotized by the white family right. that he's out there with, and they make him go to all these suppressed places with his mom. But anyway, they hypnotize him into believing uh, this this whole like family right. uh, superiority thing until right. they eventually are going to harvest his brain yeah and transplant his brain into a white man's body or no a white man's brain into his body right. so the white man can i saw a lot of parts in that movie coming uh-huh. but it was just done so smart it was so brilliant it yeah. was very well done and mr peel the director yes and writer and writer yeah if he had acted in it that would have just been Everything for me. I, I would think have everyone lost that was supposed board. to be there was supposed to be there. Yeah, sure. it, it makes me sad that um, uh, what's his face from the West Wing was the dad. Um, oh yeah, he's great. Yeah. Everyone loves him. I, why why did that make you sad? Because I really loved his character in the West Wing. Yeah. And he Josh. Put, yeah, Josh Lyman. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And he's also uh, Andy Samberg's uh, Andy Samberg. Yeah, that's his name. If you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, uh-huh. which is also a really funny yes, it is. cop show. Um, he plays his like deadbeat dad. <laughs> I'm, uh-huh. like, I'm like, no. He's got versatility. Yeah, he's. Uh, I like that he was in it. Yeah, he seemed like a good. Uh, oh, I like that he was in it. It just made me sad that he was the guy, the that, surgeon, the, that dude. Yeah, you know. Well, but I, so yeah, you saw was, Black, you saw Get Out, and I talked to you about all the different things about Get Out. Um, yeah, the different um, plot elements that maybe go unnoticed mm-hmm. the first time that you see it. Right, and. Uh, when that when the white girl when the girlfriend found the pictures of all the guys they had duped before into this tra- transplant surgery they had hypnotized no oh, no, no no sorry no, he when, found the yeah, pictures of the, the girl he, yeah and then he was trying to get the keys from her at the end I was like bro didn't you just see these pictures yeah. of this girl but love is stupid yeah that love was a good that was a real good example in writing because you've you've given me all the reason mm-hmm. 
to not to, trust you. Well, no, you give you you know made the cop not. Um, you like stood up for me in front of the cops. Right. You tell you're like, oh my god, my parents they're obnoxious. Oh my god, why did you leave me down there? Like mm-hmm. they're terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you go see it, Allison Williams like acting in that mm-hmm. is like. She's good. It's so good. When you go back, you're like, oh, she is evil. <laughs> oh, she, that smirk is not a nice smirk. That is, you are pure evil. And pure when evil. she turns, when we finally see Oof. her in her true element, Oof. she's cold. Oof. She's real, bra- she she has range. Shiver, yeah. She demonstrates range. Yeah, girls did not do you justice, girl. What do you, oh, she was on the, show's gir- the show Girls? Yeah, that's what was her oh. breakout. Yeah. And Girls is a terrible with, show. With, Lena Dunham. Yes. Uh, yeah, I've heard mixed things. Uh, mixed things? It's garbage. Mm. It's not... It's but a it's lot. won an Emmy. It's still... Yeah, give a white girl with all of her feelings of an Emmy, sure. It's like a younger Sex in the City or something? It was trying to be, mm. but like more provocative than... Even more provocative than Sex in the City. Sex in the City was provocative, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. There's a lot of sex in Sex in the City. It should be. Because it was about sex and the city. It's a misleading title if it's not. Yes. And then we watched the All-Star Games, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. That's, well, a, that's a pretty black experience. We watched a lot of black guys play basketball. <laughs> there was one white guy there. Goran Dragic. Was there anyone on the other? Nope, it was just him. That was him. <laughs> just Just him. that guy. And was Oh, and the coach? Mike D'Antoni? Oh, yeah. Mike was, was there. Mike yeah. was there. So, I mean, there was other white guys there. You know. But it was, you know, Black was, History Month. It was Black History Month. And <laughs> it was definitely in February for good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, Great but, game. We'll talk about that later. But before that, we saw... No, we saw it after. We saw it on Monday. Oh, okay. So, after the All-Star Game. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Then we went to theaters. I don't know what my mixed ass was trying to do. <laughs> First, trying to go see Black Panther up in Harlem. The same day I was going to go see Get Out. Uh-huh. Sorry, I'm banging the table. Mm-hmm. I went to, we were up in Harlem to yeah. see a friend. Oh, that's right. We had like, uh-huh. we had a great time up there. Yeah. And my dumb ass thought, well, before I go meet up with them, let me see if there's a showing of Black Panther after we're At done hanging out. At the Magic Johnson out. Theater? At the Magic Johnson Theater mm-hmm. in Harlem. In Harlem. The Magic Johnson. It's a very black experience. Theater. Yeah. In Harlem, New York. I've been to that theater. It's lovely. Yeah. Would you have you been to that theater trying to get tickets for Black Panther on the premiere weekend? Uh, no, because I'm not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> what was I thinking? That place was full of people. There was no, there was no way in God's green earth, mm-hmm. in a frosty hell, was yeah, I gonna was, get this ticket? It was cold. It was snowing too. Yeah. There was no way. This, yeah. There were people there lined up. Almost to the door mm-hmm. and just snaking around the yeah. whole way trying to get tickets. Everything was sold out until like 1130. Yeah. And then our uh, friends got to go see it after the show that we went to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I saw so I was like, let me go upstairs and see if I can try and use a kiosk, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a line at the kiosk. There were people dressed. Did you, did you do it uh, on your phone? Like go to Fandango app? I was trying to use. <laughs> I had a pass. I was trying to use my uh, pass. But then I was like, you know what? I should spend money. No, the passes don't work for because of Disney. Oh, this is a Disney film? Technically, isn't Marvel part of Disney? I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, so it wouldn't have worked anyway. But yeah. either way, I was—I decided I would pay for this because mm-hmm. I would support the black business. But uh, no, I couldn't get a ticket anyway because the lines were so long. There yeah. were people taking pictures. Were they cosplay? <clears throat> there was a little bit of cosplay. Mm-hmm. But people in general just dressed very nicely. Oh, yeah. Taking pictures in front of nothing in particular. Right. Just like 
they're celebrating full... the fact that this movie exists. Right. And it their was, black and their blackness. There was some red red um carpet faux red carpet nice. in parts. Mm-hmm. But there was nothing around the red carpet. It was just like just a section of red carpet off to the side <laughs> of the wall with no backdrop. I was just like it's it's a regal event. Actually, it it's an AMC be. event, but it's like but, a regal yeah. time. It's, a, so it's it's royalty. I enjoy that movie though. And so you went to go out, went and watched uh, Black Panther on Monday. Yes. Um, and you enjoyed it. I'm Are assuming we, we're not gonna we're not gonna spoil anything for anyone. Um, I mean, it's still only a week out, right? So mm-hmm. like, we shouldn't necessarily spoil it. Or we could let them skip ahead five minutes in this podcast, and we can just. All right, y'all, skip ahead. Five minutes. If you haven't listened to it, yeah. go ahead. Go. For the rest of us. Oh my God, it was so good. Man, Wakanda. Lit. How many people? We went to a theater that was in Union Square. Right. Mostly white. Yeah. I guarantee yeah, you. Boy. Yeah, I would guarantee you a quarter of the people in that room looked up Wakanda on a map. <laughs> I, I, I bet you. you I bet I you people are like, that. where is this Wakanda? It's like, listen, y'all, didn't we tell you? <laughs> It's at platform nine and three quarters. So technically in Atlanta because they used um, Tyler Perry's studios to um, film a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So the Atlanta airport actually did like, oh, flights to Wakanda is this it's way. So and I was just like, you funny. don't have to go too far because it's like literally like right right there because the, you know, Atlanta is where his studios are. What did you say about R. Kelly? So that was posted, and so everyone's like, yeah, whatever. You know, like, everyone's excited. And then R. Kelly posted something along the lines of, like, oh, like, I'm ready. Like, my bag, like, essentially, <laughs> like, my bags are probably and I'm ready. And then everyone, everyone <laughs> came for his ass. They were like, oh. Hold on. Hold on a second. Nah, we don't, we, we don't, ex- like, there was, like, a travel ban. There's a travel on ban on R. Kelly. R. Kelly. And then someone wrote an article about, like, other travel bans. Like, Amorosa's on there. Amorosa's on there. Um, ben Carson's on there. Um, travel ban. <laughs> Snoop is on there because he may be smoking up all of the Purple Heart plants. Thank you. It's so true. <laughs> um, My uh, I think Chris Brown was on there. I mean, it was just really, like, I read this, I'm just like, this is so funny. Uh, to, I just couldn't, I just couldn't, my heart, like, could not take how much I loved, I, I just loved how the internet was just going in. Of course, there's also people who are like, the movie was meh, or whatever, and I'm like, are you, what movie were you watching? Well, here, I'll say this, in terms of, like, cinematic quality, amazing. Oh my god, yeah. In terms of plot, I thought, yeah, it's a movie. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't anything groundbreaking as far as plot writing. Right. But... The experience of an all-black cast mm-hmm. with an, a black hero and heroines mm-hmm. and... So many black w- women. And b- the villain was black. Right. Like, it was an all-black everything. And that, like, this, there was only two white characters. And they were not the central no. figures. They were, like, protagonists the Protagonists or antagonists. They were the, they yes. were the, they were the token. And mm-hmm. funny, funny mm-hmm. enough, mm-hmm. you know, Tolkien... Yeah. The Hobbit, things like that. Yeah. Those two characters. Both played. Both played. One, the bad guy played Schmeagol. Okay. The other guy played uh, the guy who got the ring. The These first are time. Lord of the Rings. Lord references? of the Rings characters. When we say they're the two white token characters, right? token, token. Get who, it? Who figured that out? The internet. That's really sharp. sharp. You know what? I thought of it and I was just like, I'm sure I'm not the first one to think of this. Because uh... I'm like, I've seen both of you. In The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. And then they hopped on this. 
It's a wise move. Like yeah. getting good. Hey, hey, it's getting good with the people. It's getting good with the dumb. people. Yeah. I thought it was very well made. Um, you seem to have some feelings about um, Michael B. Jordan. Yep. You, but all the men. <coughs> all you, of the men. His chest. So here's my only critique mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. this movie. Mm-hmm. Was that the men weren't more shirtless. Okay. Slash more naked. I, oh, okay. I felt like as a woman I deserved that. Mm, and I mm, was, um, mm. that, you know, I, that something was, was like, it was something, there was something oppressing by not giving that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, there was I'm, something unsaid. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, but it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. Um, Maybe there's a director's cut. They'll come Sure. Because you know? um, I would have loved to see just all of the men. My God. Yeah, Michael B. My, looked great. Not, Michael B., of course, looked great. And, like, I love the scene where he he burns something down, Michael mm-hmm, B. Jordan's mm-hmm, character. Mm-hmm. And he's just standing there, and you just see his back. And I'm not even into, like, muscular dudes like that, but I was just like, oh, my God. How can you look that good? If you, skipped, only, a, if you skipped ahead five minutes in this podcast, <laughs> we're still here. skip ahead five more minutes. <laughs> my God. And just uh, all of them were just, and the women oh. were gorgeous. I was just waiting to talk about Lapita. <sighs> Lapita? Uh, hey, girl. Lapita. Hey, hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> hey, Lapita. Uh, I'll let your boy. <laughs> I am in New York if you're ever visiting. She's actually here in New York right now. She's, she now she is. is she? in, she's in Trevor Noah's uh, <laughs> Daily Show because, not only to promote Black Panther, obviously, uh-huh, uh-huh. but she was just announced to play Trevor Noah's mom in the movie adaptation. No, she's not. Of Born a Crime? Born a Crime. No! So Wait, there's a movie adaptation? Yeah, it's being adapted as a movie. I'm. I'm so watching it. I. Lupita. Get it, girl. Every day. Get it every day. She started from a slave movie to Black Panther to, like, she's going to be fine. And, she, and okay, I will have to say one thing, and we haven't talked about this yet. What? Women, all the women looked beautiful. I loved that the women were yeah. basically... Angela Bassett, you go, girl. Like, all of them. Mm-hmm. The sister was my favorite character. Yeah, oh, all, sure, everyone. The little sister? Yeah, everyone Shuri, Shuri is, yeah, like, my sure. favorite. Um, what are those? <laughs> or, like, like, this corset is too tight. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, Come on, we, please. Can we move, can we along? move, move it along? Um, don't scare me, colonizer. That was I lost it as a as a person who was colonized by the British, and that was a British actor. I was like, yes, colonizer, um, everything or like broken white boy that she had to fix. And oh, yeah, I yeah. couldn't I couldn't handle it. It was so too smart. much. Um, so Lupita and Michael B. Jordan um, are flirting a little too much What's in real mom? life. You know, they have like so they. He lost a bet on set, and that she had like ten times that she 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 could ask him to do a push up. Like it was like, mm. so at any point, you know, uh, have you watched How I Met Your Mother? And there was a slap bet. No. So essentially, the slap bet was like he lost a bet, and then he had like five times so like he could slap him whenever he wanted. Okay. So only it's essentially five. only five. But then the story they do more times too because of other bets that they've had. But uh-huh. they essentially he lost a bet. And so there was whatever amount, I think it was like six times or whatever, that Lupita, whenever she wanted to, could just look, look at him and be like, go down. And he would go oh, down. Oh, what? If go, she said that to me? I, would, I wouldn't know what I to do. I would go down, uh, but I would stand. PG-13. Okay. PG-13. <laughs> don't, be, don't be disgusting. No, I don't mean it like that. I don't mean it like orally. <laughs> I mean like I would go down to the push-up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what you meant. But... 
I would also be standing, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, of course. Yes. The general will be ready to go. Gen- general's, like, there, ready. Um, we're talking about the pain. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, that would be um, sexually attractive. Oh, 100%. So, she's done it a couple of times where, like, during the... the just the shoot? The, no, during... This is after everything's been done. During, like, the promo for the movie, like, uh-huh. they'll do, like, you know, talkbacks and stuff. And she'll, be, and she'll be like, go down. He would go down. And, or, and like, do a push-up. And she, he'll be like, how many? And she'll say one, and he'll do one. And so every time it's only been one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, recently they were at Good Morning America or something like that, and she did it. And they were just a little too touchy-feely. And I just, like... Like, Lupita, girl. Let me, let's just talk sister to sister. I already lost Idris. Idris, and Idris. Idris, like, is no no longer attainable for me, and like, I just just like don't break my heart right now. And apparently, they had like some Twitter like Michael B. Jordan said, "Hey, like, added her," and mm-hmm. was like, "Bring the chocolate cake back." What does that mean? Uh, right, and then she responded back of like, "Not until you do." Like, it was just very flirty, and I just. I'd be happy for them if they're together, I guess. But, like, you know. Well. Just, like, it hurts my feelings. I didn't know that this was a potential that she would be interested in him. I so mean, why I'm, I don't feel, well, I don't feel great about it either. So, let's just off mic. <laughs> Can we just strategize around. All right. I really appreciate both that. Both of us benefit out of them not being together. So, then maybe Michael B. Jordan is actually my Drake who proposes to me. Whoa, what and happens then, to Drake then? Drake can perform at our wedding. I don't care. You gonna relegate Drake to the wedding singer? Yeah. For Michael B. Jordan? You think that's, Hell yes. You think that's God's plan? You think that's what he I had in mind? get out. Jeez. Really though? <laughs> God's plan. <laughs> God's plan. Um, but anyway. I, all I know is Lupita looked amazing in that. And when she does the dance at that one, mm-hmm. one part... In the beginning, it's literally only like a few seconds, but it is everything. Uh, Even I was like, "How can what?" There's there was so much beauty, not just in like like obviously we're being like we're hypersexualizing a lot of this right now, but like beyond that, it was just beautiful. I'm not ashamed. It was beautiful, right? Like the costumes were beautiful, the the imagery of what they were talking about, um, both visually and the things that they were taught, like the lines that they they were saying, not just the funny ones, but even some of the deeper stuff. Mm-hmm. Is so incredible. The war, not the warmonger guy, the other tribal guy mm-hmm. who sat on the throne. Are you done yet? Oh my are god! Are you he done can, yet? He, I thought I got he's, pregnant. He's people. Watching. People are lighting up the internet about this guy. Oh, Just in, in, I've already followed him on Instagram. Loving him. Yeah, I saw him with a clean-shaven face. Mm-hmm. He looks like a baby. Right. No, I'm all about the beard. Yeah, I'm all the about beard. The, the beard is a good look. Anyway. Oh, that cast and that movie. And they all seem to like each other, which is great. How could you not have fun on that set, right? Right. I feel like You're I'm, making the Black Panther. I feel like I missed my opportunity. Not because I'm... I mean, Wait, what I'm do not, you mean? I don't know. Like, to be working on that set? Like, to be a PA or something for them? Why don't you just write them for Black Panther 2? Oh, I heard Black Panther 2 is coming out in May. Do no, you no, hear no. that? It's not. It's the Avengers movies coming out, and they're going to be in it. Oh. Yeah. I was like, that's a quick turnaround. No, it's the Avengers movie, which a lot of them will be in it. Like, okay. the general's going to be in it. Um, obviously, Black Panther. I don't know if Lupita's going to be in it. She better be in it. Um, but Michael B. Jordan will most likely be in it, too, because he's part of the Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's so, got double duty. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't mind. Hmm. I do not mind. And they'll be in the movie, and Black Panther will see him, and he'll be like, 
You look kind of familiar. Yeah, right. I, they're probably going to say something uh, like that. If they're smart, I don't they would think say so. something like that. <laughs> it's like, I've never if seen If they're it. smart. Good um, movie. But yeah, so other than that, it was a good weekend. Uh, fine black weekend. It was absolutely fine. Um, but outside of it being awesome for us, it was pretty crappy for some people in Florida. Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you start that off? Because that was a transition that I don't feel like touching with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, there's a lot we could talk about in our, uh, please make this stop, um, segment. Um, so as we talked about last week, a lot about gun violence and we talked about, you know, just everything that happened in Florida with whatever this guy's name is, who, who was 18 years old, former student of the school, shot up and killed 17 people, uh, many, many young people as well as teachers and people are part of the community, of that school community. Um, and so the Florida teens who are, who are victims, no, who are survivors of this tragic incident have been just incredibly vocal, incredibly organized um, against the NRA and specifically 45 and the conservative right agenda of pro-gun and all these different things. And they have been pretty fiery. And you know, there's been a lot of memes of like, oh, you know, it's great. Like, they are the Republicans' like worst nightmare. These are young people who know how to use social media, who... Yeah, they do. And who are actually organized and staying, like... They have a tunnel vision right They're now. focused. They are focused. And they are ready to kick your ass with their words. They are smart. Mm-hmm. They're not stupid. All these different things. And so, of course, some of, the, some of the people in the right, not all of them, some of them are accusing them of being paid actors. Um... To all to that, I say, what? What is wrong with you? Um, that's that young people can't have a mind of their own to to be like, what the hell's going on? And they're like, we shouldn't be having to have any of this conversation. We should be learning. This should be the adults' conversation, and you all should be fixing this stuff. And you're not. Um, they've also and so there's pe- there have been some people that have come behind. So George and Amal Cooney. Uh, provided $500,000 for their uh, Never Again campaign. Uh, I think Oprah matched that and a couple other people have matched that um, to kind of, you know, their, to help promote their cause. And these young people are just incredibly inspirational. Um, they were recently at um, the White House and 45 looked stupid <coughs> sitting there listening to you know, these students and these parents, like, concern and, you know, them being upset. 45 said that he feels like the gun age, I think, should be higher to 21 because I think 18 is currently the uh, possession um, you're able to possess at 18, I believe. Um, And he also said that teachers should have uh, rifles or should have, like, guns because, you know, that makes sense. Because you know what that means if teachers have guns, Alex? You know what that means? It means a bunch of black kids are going to get shot. Right. Because it doesn't matter if police have a bunch of guns, they still are shooting up a bunch of black kids or black people in general. You know what also that means? Hmm. Black teachers, teachers of colors, but specifically black teachers, are going to be scrutinized by having guns because Philando Castile had a gun and he worked at a school and he was shot, even though he he had a license to carry and told a cop he had a license to carry. Right. Still got shot. Mm Mm-hmm. And to make all of this worse, um, I showed this to you. Um, 45 had a piece of paper that was given to him of talking points 
some of those talking points were, I mean, I don't even remember, but I think what, some... the first one was, uh, what would you most want me to know about your experience? Mm-hmm. Which, okay. Decent question. Good question. I would hope that you wouldn't need a piece of paper to, mm-hmm. but whatever. Um, what can we do to help you feel, uh, I can't read it cause his hands over it, but maybe better mm-hmm. or safer. Okay. Yeah. Safe to make you feel safe probably. Mm-hmm. And then the final, the fifth point is, I hear you. Yeah, that's it. Just a statement. I hear you. Yep. I, in all of my understanding of being a person, don't understand how you can't just know that. Yeah. Like to have that's a that's a form of empathy mm-hmm. that our president does not have. You have, a- and it pisses like it like. My insides were burning. He's got some holiday and stationery over here. Mm-hmm. With that says White points. House on the top. That says the White House on it. Written with his five points of basically saying, are you okay? How can I help you feel better? And I hear you. Like, he's robotic. He's a he's robot. completely. He doesn't, he, like, I just don't. It's like someone told you, we're going to go into this room with these kids, and you need to act like you give a shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Can you give me, like, a script? Yeah, what do I say? How do I, how do I relate to another person? He is so removed from reality of what people go through. And let's be real. We've talked about how we don't know, as people who live in New York City, in this liberal bubble, don't necessarily <clears throat> understand the plight of the flyover states. Right. Or the plight of the people who are are just different, who are not living in the same kind of way that we are. So I'm really cognizant of that. But it doesn't mean I don't know how to have a conversation with someone from those states because they're a human person. Can we point out one other thing about that picture of him holding that stationery? Mm-hmm. He has custom-made shirts. Oh, God. I remember you told me about this. the number 45 printed on the cuff. You can see it in the picture. My question... Is, does that exist for every president? Um, no. Are you sure? That is what the internet is saying. Are you kidding? He no. custom-made shirts that says 45? He has custom-made shirts that have 45 printed on the cuff. I mean, some people have custom-made shirts that have, like, their initials and stuff on it. Like, cufflinks that have their initials. or Like, that's, like, white people, like, cuff rich links. white people nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've made a bunch of shirts. That says 45 on it. Like, cufflinks is one thing. Right. You made a bunch of white shirts. And I need you to print 45 on the cuff. I feel like that's rich white people. What are you doing nonsense. that for? Who are you maybe doing he, that maybe for? Maybe he forgot that he was the 45th president. I'm so confused. Like, I mean, he's full of himself. He's so full of himself, he doesn't understand how, that he is a person. He's a number. He's a cartoon. He is, yeah, he's full of actual garbage. He's, he's, but he did say, he did say he thinks that we should raise the legal age of being able to purchase a yeah i mentioned that yeah a rifle yeah so i mean like you know i don't disagree but that's something that moving it up three years is not going to really do much but at least you're moving in the right direction of thought i give him that but uh but yeah i mean i just i think my only my only criticism of all of this it's not even a criticism because i think what the students are doing in florida is incredible. I think they are incredibly brave to take their grief and the trauma that they experience to make it, um, 
to make what they experienced you know not worthwhile that's not the right word uh, salient or relevant uh, or uh have purpose i guess you know like mm. like to go through that you could sit in a corner and cry and just like have that be something that's debilitating that trauma but they made this trauma and make it something that they can thrive and like make change and we know history has shown young people make change happen yeah like that's how barack became president because yeah. young people went out and was like Bush sucks. Mm-hmm. The Republicans suck. We need to change. Th- we need to change this up. Um, that's how Vietnam War Vietnam War ended. This is how this is how things ended. When you think of like the biggest changes in our world, what makes me sad because when you look at the Florida case, it's a lot of perceived white pe- young people. Mm-hmm. There are some people, students of color. I've seen one black student. I've uh, one of the one of the main students, Emma Gonzalez, I believe, identifies as a Latina, um, a queer Latina specifically. Um, so, like, it's not saying that they're, it's all white. It, they're perceived white, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of the parents involved in talking are all white. Mm-hmm. And everyone's behind them. And that's great. And we should be. And we should, not, we should not stop. What I'm perplexed about is that why wasn't that support from, like, a George and Amal there for the Black Lives Matter movement. Mind you, Jay-Z and Beyonce donated to, to get a lot, of, a lot of those Black Lives Matter um, leaders out of jail and things like that. So it was there, but we're talking about like, why weren't these other white celebrities doing that? Why weren't, you know what I mean? So I just, it's just, it's just a, it's not, I'm not saying that it's bad or, I'm just saying it's a, it's a, is it a black and white thing? Is, I don't know. I just like, it was something that I noticed that, we have young people in the Black Lives Matter. They're young people. They're not. They're in their twenties, you know. Some mm-hmm. of, and even like I think of our, our students who are part of those kind of movements, mm-hmm. um, and they they were organized. You know, they use social media well. So I don't know. I don't know how the answer to it. It was just more of like a statement of like it's. I think it's mm-hmm. under. It's a. It's a. It's a. It's an illustration of the life that we are in right now. It could be a black and white thing, uh, a race thing, but. It's also, I think, a matter of um, the level of complexity in both of those fronts. Yeah. Because I think understanding... Guns affect a lot of people, not just black people. Well, both of them affect affect a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I think people don't understand black lives as much as they understand guns. Like yeah. the idea, the complexity of mm. why a black life does matter is is lost on people more so than guns hurt people. Mm. Like, it's easier for George to wrap his mind around that mm. um, instead of... Proverbial, like, do you, random George, not George Bush or something. George Clooney. Oh, Clooney. Yeah. Do you, um, I mean, it's okay. easier for him to wrap his mind around that than to say, in a mall, for them to do that instead of saying, like, what do they mean by systemic racism and continued oppression of black And I'm bodies. not saying George and Amal don't understand that because I think they do. Yeah, sure. Like, but I, I mean, like, I'm just... we're not saying just because you donated 500000 to one charity, you should donate it to every charity. Exactly. But it's, it's and that's like... And that's definitely not my criticism at yeah, all. It's, it's just, just more of like... I think the Black Lives Matter movement also is... Because um, it's so... Basically, it involves a lot of black people, mm-hmm. and I saw that auditorium on CNN of oh the town hall that they the had. town hall mm-hmm. of people in Parkland and around the area who came to talk to the sheriff and the NRA representative and um, the three, senators and yeah the three um, leaders in in Florida right. Marco Rubio and two Democratic senators yeah 
So people were voicing questions and, and it was supposed to be more of a discussion of a town hall forum. Um, but I was looking around and just seeing all the white faces in mm-hmm. this community that up until that point felt like they, they did all the right things to protect and secure their neighborhood. Yep. We were safe. Yeah. Our kids were safe. Mm-hmm. And now that was taken away. And I think, what if this happened in a more black urban neighborhood of Baltimore or mm-hmm. Cleveland or Chicago or mm-hmm. St. Louis? Would there be a town hall of black folks and would anyone care mm-hmm. that someone was shot at a, a part school? Of, yeah, I mean, I think about it like a part of it is a, an apathy potentially of like this, this stuff happens in our community all the time. Right. People getting shot up, drive-bys, like things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and a part of it is like being like the fatigue of like, I'm so tired of fighting for this because it seems like no one is hearing me while I'm yelling, you mm-hmm. know, and like that's that's also really demoralizing to go through that and to to feel that kind of defeat every day because of the color of your skin potentially or or your perceived color of your skin and perceived experiences that people think mm-hmm. you have. So either way, I just want to applaud the Florida the Florida students for taking their grief and trauma and being productive with it in a way that I think and hopefully believe will change. I hope. I hope they don't stay silent uh, because we know what the cycle is, right? We know that after a shooting, people argue and there's debates and all these different things and then there's a lull and then another shooting happens. So I hope that they fight on. Yeah. Yeah, I've given a lot of thought to some of the things that are being said from the right in Mm -hmm. defense of the (laughs) right to have certain guns. Sure. Or military-grade weapons. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, what is so wrong with having a military background or a background check for military-grade weapons? Mm-hmm. Or I mean, first of all, those would be banned mm-hmm. under safe gun laws. You wouldn't be able to have assault rifles mm-hmm. or things that can make them assault rifles. Yeah, automated yeah. Uh, technology to mm-hmm. do those sorts of things. You wouldn't be able to have access to those. But you could have handguns and uh, shotgun rifles and this sort of thing for hunting. Uh, people are opposed to like background checks Mm -hmm. and being registered with the state Mm -hmm. as someone certified to carry or not to carry and this sort of thing and had that reported at a federal level. Mm -hmm. I think part of the opposition to that has to come from people who are, I think about the people who may be strongly Mm pro-gun. If I were in that camp, and this is a generalization. I don't think this applies to everyone who is pro-gun. But I think from the people I've met, and granted, I have lived in Arizona, rural, rural Missouri, mm-hmm. and rural Tennessee, right. eastern Tennessee, Appalachian country. And I have you. been around gun ranges mm-hmm. and white people who are pro-gun and very hunt, mm-hmm. uh, pro-hunting. Hunt, pro-hunting. There are some people who I can say for sure would be genuinely worried, concerned that if given a background check or um, being tested for mental fitness to carry a weapon would be uh, failed by the government. They, In other words, they would not approve them to carry a weapon because they don't believe they're mentally fit to do so. Do they themselves feel that they're not mentally fit to have I think that's an insecurity that they don't want to talk about, but I think they think a liberal bias fact checker from a federal mm. level or state level would mm. assume they're going to tell me 
I can't carry a weapon because deep down inside, I'm insecure about my own abilities to use a gun in the way that the liberals think I should be using a gun. And I think it turns it into an us versus them. I mean, this is all, that's what all of this is. The the things where I'm looking at it like, how can you disagree with Mm -hmm. some of the most rational and flexible gun legislation in the country and, is it, and not just, even strict gun like it's not even strict yeah but just basic common sense gun laws yeah, are totally. just flat out rejected hostily at a hostile rate yeah and that comes from an us versus them in that the liberals are trying if i'm someone who's conservative and pro-gun the liberal liberals are trying to tell me how to run my life and mm. take away my second amendment it's a it's a childish kind of right um holding on to just principle of mm. this is my second amendment and you're not going to take it away. Well, the second amendment is really very outdated and it hurts a lot of people yeah. and we're killing people senseless, senseless, senselessly. But if you want to have a gun, we'll let you have a gun. You just have to pass a simple test. Mm-hmm. It's like a driving test. No, I don't like that. No, I'm not going to finish my vegetables. So as a liberal person, you sound like a child and a conservative person will be like, I don't sound like a child. Yeah, exactly. I don't sound like a child. No. 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 And it's it's this kind of like, I just said you can have as many. You want 50 million handguns? Buy yourself 50 million handguns. You want a million shotguns? Go ahead. Do you want a Glock 87 with like automated capabilities to slaughter an entire like post office or theater? Yeah. Yeah. You can't have that. Like that's all we're saying. Yeah. Because you're not gonna. It's like. Well. So yes, I, I agree with that, but I also think the NRA has a a hold on that narrative yeah, sure. in a way that is like I look at it and you look at it and we're mm-hmm. like, what is this garbage, right? Like we look at it just like this is this is stupid, and other people look at it and connect with it in a way that we would never we will never understand. Well, okay. So on the other side of that, I just mentioned the people who I don't think would be mentally fit mm-hmm. and be certified to have guns. They're worried because the NRA needs to defend them from being told they cannot have guns because it's the only sense of power they may feel is when they have a gun because maybe they don't feel intellectually up to snuff emotionally equipped to talk about masculinity and other ills that are messing with their brain Mm. Um, maybe they don't feel financially secure or emotionally or relationship um, secure Mm -hmm. in their lives and so having a gun is a sense of pride and maybe even superiority for some people that they don't have in other ways Mm -hmm. that's fine on the other side of that is what you're talking about people who the nra is talking about culture we have a culture that is conservative Mm. mostly christian and we're the most american people and by that i mean we are the whitest motherfucking people Mm mm-hmm and we like apple pie, American flags, football on Saturdays, because that's when the kids play high school and college football. Mm-hmm. And then we watch football on Sunday. And, and then Monday. We and Monday night football. But we get through work Monday through Friday, and we talk about the weather, pleasantries, church, God, family, and guns. Mm-hmm. And we don't talk about money or anything that would go against God, church, or guns. Mm-hmm. Those are taboo. So... In that kind of an Americana, where most of the homogenous society you're around agrees with that, 
Yep. The NRA has that lock, stock, and barrel. Yep. They say we are we are Norman Rockwell paintings of families around the kitchen table eating Thanksgiving turkey. We are. They are their white security. They are the white security of the American tradition and way of life. And so the threat that the liberals pose is taking away that narrative. And the NRA is saying it's not just the guns. Right. Their liberals are trying to take away your America. Hmm. <clears throat> and for that, I think I, I, I try to put myself in the shoes of those people who are scared of that. Hmm. And I get that. And I think it's unfortunate because the only way to, to counter that in someone's mind, because it's fear. Mm-hmm. That's fear that people have. Right. And the only thing that makes them feel more secure is that I still have my gun. Yeah. Like, you can't take this away from me. I could shoot you even though I won't. Mm. Or maybe you will. But, I mean, like, that kind of scares you, the thought of, like, I would kill someone about this gun. Yeah. Like, a rational person would look at that and say, well, did Jesus really want me to kill someone nope. over a gun? Nope. Doesn't seem very Christian like. Nope. So there's this whole like discontinuity, mm-hmm. this incongruence between one's values mm-hmm. as a, a faith believer mm-hmm. and someone who is pro firearm weapon. Yeah. It's not very Christian, folks. I mean, there's just the, so psychologically, this is just a given. It, it provides a. Um, a short circuit in the mind that is very uncomfortable for someone. And you can't put a finger on it. If I ask someone like that NRA rep and everything to square this incongruence mm-hmm. in their mind, it would be such a deep self-exploration that they are not willing to go to that is scary. And so they turn it's that... It's sunken place scary? It's the fucking sunken <laughs> place. And so they turn that outward mm-hmm. because it's easier to deflect that right. and project that mm-hmm. onto a liberal other... Because those are the ones trying to get at my guns. Mm -hmm. If we took away your guns, it still wouldn't make you happy. Yeah. That's not what's going to fill that void. Yeah, I think it's also the uncomfortability of, like, very similar to what you're saying, like, the uncomfortability that that their America is is lost. That's the uncomfortability. And I'm, like, the majority of this country feels this way. Like, well... When you think of like people of color, those who are marginalized, mm-hmm. they don't recognize this country as their country the way that they recognize, where as the way that these, and again, are assuming white, mm-hmm. right, conservative, um, thinking folks. Um, I, I just, it's like I think about like there's millions of people that continue to feel unsafe, and they're fine. Like, yeah. I'm, as a person of color, I feel unsafe in many ways. I'm a woman. I feel unsafe almost all the time. Mm. I'm okay. I'm surviving. Mm-hmm. I'm learning how to cope. I'm adapting. I need you to do that, white person. Mm. I don't know. If you, if you took away the guns, I, I promise you this. People would be upset. But they're upset even if you threaten to take away the guns. Yeah. There's an upset and um, intolerance mm. in certain people that the gun is a band-aid for, mm. but it's not the cure. Yeah, you it know? isn't. And it, There's it, something else. Someone was talking about this. I forget which podcast it was, but they were talking about how 45 wants to throw a parade, a military parade, mm-hmm. right? And so he saw the one in France and says, I want to have a parade like that for us. Mm-hmm. So he is going to propose to spend millions of dollars on putting a parade in the streets of tanks and mm-hmm. all this sort of stuff. 
Is this a real scenario? Oh, no, this is, he's talking about this. He's been pushing for this. He wants to have a parade. For what? For America and him. He wants to have a parade because France had a military parade and he thinks the United States should have a military parade. So he's trying to organize troops and tanks and stuff like that to have that go down Washington, Pennsylvania Avenue. So the person, I forget, it was a late night show or something, but they said, um, I hope he gets it just so he can see that's not going to make you happy. Mm. Like, you can see this pedantic child scrambling and searching for approval and validation. Mm. And he thinks, people will love me if I have this parade. No, they won't. It's not going to fill the void no, that you're boo. feeling in your heart. You'll no. watch these tanks and things go by, and it will happen in a day, and you'll say, why do I still feel empty? Mm. I'm sorry, no, a reflective person would ask that. He'll <laughs> just say, bah humbug. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even know how to process the feelings he's right, having. Right, because he doesn't even know how to do basic empathy. Right. Basic, like, even a five-year-old. I hear you. Even, like, a th- even my little niece, if I, like, if I, like, cry or, like, fake cry, she'll right. be like, oh, no, mama. Right. Right. Like that's a, that is not even a two year old is able to do that. He has no empathy in his body. Yeah. It's just not there. I mean, so and, and just wrapping this up, I think the NRA has their agenda, which is to protect the American tradition of white supremacy. And when I say that's absolutely it. And when I say 100%, that's when I exactly say white supremacy, I don't want to be misunderstood. I'm not saying when I say white supremacy. Everyone is thinking white hoods and burning crosses, mm-hmm. KKK. Mm-hmm. That's not the definition of white supremacy. It's a part of white supremacy. It's the most extreme version of white supremacy. Right. White supremacy is the notion that things that are traditionally, consistently Anglo-American, mm-hmm. white, Caucasian, mm-hmm. and the practices mm-hmm. are superior to other forms of culture Absolutely. and expression. Absolutely. And that means... A white movie, mm-hmm. white music, mm-hmm. artists, um, white way of looking, white beauty. ways of looking at the world of beauty, like the type of hair mm-hmm. and skin complexion mm-hmm. and um, the way we wear our clothes, mm-hmm. these sorts of um, it's visuals. It's very Nazi-esque. It's very Aryan mm-hmm. leaning, mm-hmm. but that's what it means to be a white supremacist. Right. If you listen to only predominantly white music mm-hmm. and... You, the only artists you can name visually are Picasso and Van Gogh mm-hmm. and D- Da Vinci and anyone who was white if you in can history. Name any to begin with. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the clothes you wear from white designers mm-hmm. and the TV you watch are all white shows, then you have a view that is in line with white supremacist thinking. Mm-hmm. And as there's and no the, judgment in that statement. I'm comfortable with that, actually. Yeah, there's no judgment in that statement. I'm just pointing out an observation that. If you are someone who is very much in line with that, you believe that a white way of looking at the world is probably a more correct, just, and even moral way of looking at the world. So you're much kinder. There is judgment if I say that. Okay. I am judging. Let that go. Because. Let, let it happen. Let it fly. But, you know, it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, quacks like a duck probably a duck right no but see if you go to say that to someone out there who is pro-gun and far right and live in a homogenous small town mm-hmm. environment they're gonna say but i'm not a racist and when we say I mean, white that doesn't <clears throat> being a white supremacist okay 
Okay. I don't like saying this. Go ahead. No, being a white supremacist means you have a racist uh, lens. You have a racist lens. Yeah. So thus you have, that means you think in a way that is not thinking inclusively of other people different than you. You're not thinking about how the way that you think and the way that you do things in the world are oppressive to others. Okay. All right. So that is like, you may say you're not a racist, but you have behavior that is racist. Okay. Well, I, for the sake of this, mm-hmm. am a white woman. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're like opposite mid- of who you are. Middle age. Mm-hmm. And I live in Iowa. Mm-hmm. And I have a town that is 98% white. Mm-hmm. And we have some black family that lives here as well. Mm-hmm. Stop banging on the table. Sorry. Sorry to my ears. I'm not racist, Bri, mm-hmm. because our neighbors, the Browns. Mm-hmm. I said, Who happens no, to be brown and black? Yeah, they're the black family, mm-hmm. the Browns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see them mm-hmm. at church. Mm-hmm. I always say hello to them mm-hmm. and they're pretty little girls. Mm-hmm. And um, we're very kind to them. Mm-hmm. I'm not racist. Okay, I have a question for you, Marge. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's... Now my name is Marge? Yeah, why not? You said middle-aged white woman. I just thought of Marge. I don't know why. I was, oh. thinking, I was thinking about The Simpsons for some reason. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, you have a son. Okay. Who's a white boy. Yeah. Would you be okay with your son marrying... That black, that black child? If he wants to, of course. Mm-hmm. And they had black babies. You're okay with that? Yeah. I think mixed babies are really cute. Oh, God. Oh, I'm going to die on the inside. <laughs> you know that no one's going to say that. No, they would. There are some people who would actually say that. There are some people who would be uncomfortable with that. But no, that's, that's not what I'm the, saying. That's not the litmus test. The litmus test is not, would you be okay with your child marrying a child of another race? The litmus test is what? How do you deal with difference on a day-to-day basis in your community, and how does that shape the world you look at outside of it? So, like, if I if I live in a homogenous environment and I love the Browns mm because I know the Browns, right? That's humanized. That's humanized. Mm -hmm. But if I turn around and from the same from, from the same brown family that I just shook their hands and said, "Oh, nice to see you," and turn around and say, "The Black Lives Matter movement is messed up." And these black people don't know what they're talking about because we have black people who live here, i.e. sample size of one family. Mm-hmm. And they're the model minorities. They go to church. Mm-hmm. They go to school. They, they pay, pay their, their taxes. taxes. <laughs> they do all the right stuff. Yeah. That's the kind of black family that these black people in the Black Lives Matter movement should be like. Now you done gone racist. And when we say the travel ban makes sense because all these Islamic countries are the ones that cause the problems so those are the ones that should have the bans on them now you've stepped into a racist area Mm. like that's that's the litmus test not the humanized element but the like the generalization of i don't believe in that's fair x y or z because i don't know anyone who is x y or z Mm. but then when you introduce it's like one of those i forget which i think it was this american life they had someone go around about um pro choice Mm -hmm legislation mm-hmm. and they went door to door and they do this test where they'd say hey are you pro-life or pro-choice mm-hmm. and they'd say oh i'm i'm pro-life mm-hmm. and they'd say on a scale of one to ten mm-hmm. ten being i would support pro-choice one being i'm completely pro-life what would you be she's like i'm a one mm-hmm. she'd say oh, okay well you know i'm here to talk to you for a little bit i, I have a friend and oh actually no the, the person doing it would say i actually 
got pregnant and it was very tough for me because blah 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 and right. it would take me through the story the and like yeah. it'd take like a two or three minute story to say you know and that's why I really made a tough decision but because of that I've decided you know I'm pro-choice for very hard reasons but um, I think it's important to have that option for a better tomorrow mm-hmm. for parents and for children Th- then she would ask her how she ranked one to ten and the person would flip to eight or not. It's like a pre and post test um, yeah. way of doing things. It was so easy. I mean, that's the thing. Like, a lot of this can be changed if you have humanized stories to talk about it, right? Humanized stories to, to understand the complexities of an issue. Because this issue isn't black and white. Mm-hmm. This issue isn't like own guns or don't own guns. Like, it's, it's more complex than that. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's parts of it that seem rational to us. Like, just do this. This will fix a lot of things. But it's this idea of there's a liberal hierarchy. Mm-hmm. It's telling us a lowly. We might think that white we mm-hmm. as brown people in America mm-hmm. believe that a white majority has always kind of had power control. Yes. But a white, especially working class white America, has believed that liberal and intellectual bourgeoisie mm-hmm. have had their thumb on the button for a long time, and so eight years is a long time. <clears throat> In their minds, it's been forever. All right. And for us, we've said, y'all had Bush, and y'all had Clinton, and y'all had... We're like, no, Clinton was yours. Like, Clinton was a white man who did the three strikes rule and put mm-hmm. more black people in prison than... And he himself fucking... says that what he, did, what he did was wrong. Right. I mean, like, you've had white power structures forever. Mm. And uh, so for them, it's like, it was never always right. that, that they had control. They thought there was a back and forth. Mm-hmm. It would never was. So, Even though before that they had control. Hmm? Even though the the, yeah, the first part of the first two hundred parts of our right. history was all you guys. Just saying. Yeah. So they look at it that way, and so for them it's like if we give up guns, what are they coming for next? I they already know. told us we can't say Merry Christmas. They already told us we can't uh, do prayers in school. And they already, and they're going to take away our guns. They're taking away all things that make America America. But if you know anything about America, you would know that's not what defines this country. Mm. Religious freedom, dissent mm-hmm. is patriotism. That's what Thomas Jefferson said. Mm-hmm. Dissent mm-hmm. to be dissentful of one's government is literally patriotism. that was Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, he dissented all the time. Yeah, he was like. I don't like what you just said. I mean, mind you, he was also a slave owner, but oh yeah, sure. He didn't let. He was torn about it, right? Because he morally he, he liked to he liked to get some from the. He was tapping at. Yeah, he was tapping some some black booty. Good old Tommy J, <laughs> getting in there whenever he could, sneak around the old house. Um, anyway, I just think it's a it's an ongoing struggle that shouldn't be as hard as we're making it out to be. We talk about this like it's climate change. We talk about this like it's Middle East peace. It ain't that fucking hard. It isn't. It's guns, and they kill people, and we watch it all the time, and we glorify it, and we glamorize it. This has been it. happening for as long as I have lived. Oh, yeah. This is John Wayne and Clint Eastwood. Yeah. This is American Western ideology. It's glorified like that, too, which is so, so sad. It's We need to, we need to lock it up, folks. At some yeah. point, we need to say, look at what's happening. The things that we used to... I mean, like... It bothers me that we put so many black guys in jail mm-hmm. and brown people in jail for things like guns. 
but they but white people insist on having so many guns and then until someone like a white kid shoots up a place and then we don't call it terrorism we call it what did the NRA rep say? He oh, crazy. he was crazy. Yeah. He was, he was nuts. He was nuts. Um, he was, you, and when, can, can we I, call him a terrorist? Because he also, killed 17 white kids. Yeah, and can we also say, not just, and there was also adults there too. And adults um, there too, yeah. Can we also say that you saying that this is a crazy person issue, like we have to make sure that the crazy people don't get it, is putting, is continuing the stigmatism, stigmatism, no, the stigma, not stigmatism is a I thing, uh, the stigma. <laughs> Sorry, that was uh, stigmatism. Is a I have a friend. Stigmatizing. It, stigmatizing. S- stigmatization. It, it, it continues the stigma mm-hmm. around the negative stigma around mental illness. Yeah. And how people don't seek help because they're looked as crazy. They're right. looked as like you know insane people that are shooting up places. There's people who are mentally ill that need help that aren't shooting up places yes so let's not say that this is a mental issue yes we need to give resources resources to mental illness like that i'm never taking away from that but this is this is a gun issue well it's a gun issue but i also think the background checks oh and and the people behind the gun and the actual certifications to give people Mm -hmm. weapons needs to be much more thorough yep agreed um uh what was oh and it bothers me that that sort of thing is glorified by white society, but we put a lot of black and brown people in jail for mm-hmm. things like minor weapons possession. Right. Also, marijuana mm-hmm. catches marijuana and crack catches more black people and brown people because mm-hmm. those communities will have lower grade cocaine, a crack substance, mm-hmm. versus cocaine, the same amount will get you a misdemeanor mm-hmm. in a Say more again. affluent white society. Say it louder for the back. So. We're, we're criminalizing drugs in that way, but then yet you've got marijuana farmers mm-hmm. across Oregon, Washington, Colorado, mm-hmm. legally distributing marijuana for profit mm-hmm. in majority white cities. Right. I just can't wait till they legalize it so that every single black man who... Damn right. Black and brown because... Free them up. Are all free and their, and their records are clean. Unlock this. Yeah. Erase the records. Let them go. Because they can you vote, have to. that they can, like, all, all of it. All of it. Oh, yeah. And let's not talk about, sla- like, slavery is over. Mm-hmm. Like, the 13th Amendment got rid of slavery and forced uh, servitude mm-hmm. unless you're convicted of a crime. Right. And, and you, can so do, you can be a slave in jail. If you're in jail, oh, we got you making license plates, mm-hmm. clothes, mm-hmm. doing all sorts of labor and service for free. Mm-hmm. And you can't vote. Yep. So basically, the, the many black and brown people who occupy mm-hmm. the prison system, disproportionate to the national population, mm-hmm. are under slave control. It's the worst. So I'm going to say, make America great again, and like pro-gun, I think, I think it's a fucked up way of looking at the world, and I think not, not enough people are woke, not enough people are aware. There's, there's a lot of people still asleep. Yeah, and if they knew... That this much was going on, and this is how the world was. Maybe less people would say all lives matter mm. and blue lives matter. Mm-hmm. They do. All of them do. Nothing, all of them do. None of this. None of that. But is black lives also matter. Mm-hmm. I think it should be called blam because no one's saying other lives don't matter. What we're saying is 
systematically and historically, the U.S. government has done its best job to show that black lives are no. not as important yep. as other lives. And you're asking someone, what you said is right. So I can't, I can't say any more than that. That's, that's all I, I'm going to stop there because <laughs> we're running long. So. Yeah. Um, let's, let's move on because I think the other two things that we talked about. What else we got? It was like Quincy Jones said sorry. About oh yeah. Said, oh which yeah. Which I thought was cute. That's, that's nice. But I still believe that you, I still believe everything that you said before that. Oh though. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Listen, Quincy Jones, if you listened to two casts ago, I think it was 34. I think it was 34, We yeah. talked about Brazilian music. <laughs> yep. Y'all you listen- Brazilian music. <laughs> Quincy Jones just lays out all the things that the wisdom that he's attained mm-hmm. over his 85 years on this earth. And he has had sex. Or no, Marlon Brando has had sex with Richard Pryor and James Baldwin. Right, right, right. You got, and Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. And you got, he, uh, Quincy Jones dated Ivanka Trump. And a lot of Apparently. other things. Apparently. But Quincy has since come out and said, I'm sorry for all that quote unquote word vomit. Yeah, I want you to continue to have word vomit because yeah, it's uh, it's really entertaining. For me a mutual friend of ours was like, "I listened to your episode. Y'all really believe that Quincy Jones stuff? Don't listen to him." I was like, "You know, man, when you get older and see now, you do not care. <laughs> you do not care." Anyway, let's talk about some ball. Okay, yeah, and uh, we'll keep it moving because basketball is finally back. If you didn't know, it was gone for a little bit. But mm-hmm. it's- but it's back. Let's get into it. It is basketball time. We are in the post All-Star break moment because for over a week mm-hmm. we didn't have basketball. That's right. And so maybe like, but you guys talked about basketball last week. Yes, we did. We did talk about basketball last week. Right. But a week has gone cool. by and there was no basketball. Right. And the only basketball that did happen was the All-Star Games. In L.A. In L.A. Very fun. I got to watch a couple of things that happened. Uh, the dunk contest, the three-point mm-hmm. uh, uh, contest, skills contest. All fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Look at the highlights. You can find out who won and everything. All fun things. Mm-hmm. All good things. Uh-huh. All-Star Game was lit because it was actually fun to watch between Team LeBron and Team... Stephon Curry. Right. Um, <clears throat> any thoughts on that? We watched it together. I thought it was... Should we start from the beginning <clears throat> of, of the, the game? game? Yeah, where was the beginning? The beginning where? of the game. Where, you know, everyone gets up, um, oh. takes their hat off, um, and most people oh, stand yes. if they are able, oh, which I really love yes. that, um, oh, that the NBA is the only one that I've heard say mm. this, but if you are able, please stand. Mm-hmm. For the national anthem, because not everyone is, is able, able to, to stand, stand which yes. I thought is very dope. I'm sure other teams, other leagues do that, but I've only heard the NBA do it because the NBA is woke. Um, um, but yeah, so the national anthem, the national anthem happened. So the national anthem of Canada happened, mm-hmm. done very well, a cappella, I believe, by a Canadian band. I forgot mm-hmm. which one it was. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh Canada, mm-hmm. our home and native land. Something else. I don't know. That's yeah, all I know. You look like you were on the right track. I, I think that was it. Um, and then um, Fergie Licious, not to be mistaken by Fergie. Fergie Licious Yes. 
Uh, not to be uh, mistaken by the royal Fergie, the countess, the duchess Fergie, the duchess Fergie. Oh, is that a thing? Uh, Prince William, uh, I'm sorry, Pr- uh, Prince Charles' brother married Fergie. Not the Fergie that we're talking about, not the singer Fergie. Oh, I forgot all about her. Yes, and she was also divorced, you know, she was very scandalous because her and Diana were like biffles. We don't talk about that. No, we don't talk about that. Anyway, so Fergie um, did a rendition of the national anthem, and oh my God, it was so bad. Um, and she later came and explained herself. She didn't apologize. She explained that, you know, she finds the national anthem. Um, like, she's very honored to always sing the national anthem. And this is her, this was the year that she decided to, like, play play with it a little bit. And she did, like, a jazzy version of it. That was just, it just, it was, she missed the mark because it was flat, like, all throughout. Like See, a singer tone. like you yeah. noticed that. I it did was not, flat. It was flat. And that's why, if, like, when you were listening to it, didn't it feel a little uncomfortable? Um, no. Oh, okay, maybe that maybe it is just me. No, it wasn't just you. A lot of social media felt that right. way. Right. Most of social media was like, I want to protest Fergie <coughs> and not stand up for the national anthem again. Like, you think kneeling for the national anthem was disrespectful? Fergie just disrespected the national anthem. But you know, I, I've thought about it since that time. Because mm-hmm. there was some... The, the camera was panning across mm-hmm. different players' faces. Oh my God. And it got to Draymond's face and he... His mouth was open as is usual. Yeah, his mouth like, wasn't really closed. Right, and so he noticed that a lot of people were seeing his face on the jumbo trying to <laughs> he smile, and everyone kind of laughed. Everyone was like uncomfortable. Right. Everyone was laughing at right. just how terrible this national anthem was. You know Roseanne from Roseanne. Yeah. She said her national anthem was better than Fergie's national right, anthem. She's bad. So I, I mean, but you know what? There are some people who really tried. Yeah. And they failed. Like. Carl Lewis was real bad. The track athlete. Yes, I remember this. Very bad. Yeah. Cracking and it got hoarse and all this stuff, but he tried. Mm -hmm. Fergie, say what you will about flat. It's not the first person who's ever been flat. No, absolutely not. But in terms of her intention with the syllables she was using, Mm -hmm. syllables, Mm -hmm. uh, I appreciate. That I didn't hear the same old national anthem. And I think you, I mean, it's weird to do the national anthem in a jazzy way. Uh-huh. But, you know, I've, but there's soulful ways I've heard the national anthem. Sure. There's like more R&B-esque ways I've heard the national anthem. Um, whatever. Rock ways I've heard the national anthem, right? Mm-hmm. It's just that it, it just missed. Like, he, she just missed the mark. Not only was it for flat. Not only was it flat. And what do you mean for some people? Most of America. Shaq said he didn't mind it. Well, Shaq, Shaq, you have, you are a doc, you are Dr. Sha- Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. I need you to not. I'm not a doctor of music. No, but you just, you're more intelligent than that. He's written some rap albums. He's got some. You know, he has no one to talk. Got some credentials. He has no one to talk right now. <laughs> Shaq-Fu. Um, anyway, so she's saying she didn't apologize because I don't think she has anything to apologize for necessarily. It just was uncomfortable. And we yeah. all know she can sing. The best avant-garde art mm-hmm. is often uncomfortable and oscar wilde said if it's popular it's probably terrible so she's saying something in a very unpopular way but no, she's still I think you can still sing i'm going to figure out a way to sing the national anthem in a jazzy way 
that would be better. You're going to do this? I'm going to do it in the privacy of my own home. Oh, I was going to say, bring that, show your work next week on the cast. Um, I'll show it to you personally. I will not put it up on the cast. Uh, I will, like, can I gram it? Sure. All right. Maybe. Mm. I regret this decision. I regret saying it. Come ready this. next week, Brian. <laughs> um, Show your chops. So Fergie did her thing um, throughout the throughout the All Star Games. There was some discussion about uh, maybe in the future. So both both Steph and LeBron were like, "We wish that we were able to televise how we picked the team." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Adam Silver is like, "It seems like next year we're going to be televising the picks," which we have been saying. Before even they even pick the teams, mm-hmm. we were saying this needs to be televised. Right. Do we not say this? Yeah, no, everyone's been saying it. So, at Adam Silver, where's our commission check for this idea? Oh, well, no, not everyone's been saying it. We have been saying We've it. We've been yes. saying it. I didn't realize you were going to ask no, for monetary this is a, compensation. No, this is us been saying it since we knew that this whole change was happening. Mm-hmm. So, you think Adam Silver listens to this? Um, absolutely. Yeah, I do mm-hmm. too. Because we, so, uh, we love him. I think he's a great. He's my favorite commissioner. commissioner. Yeah, absolutely. The favorite I've I've lived through yep. in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, he also mentioned potentially changing the playoffs into like a one in sixteen, like just the top sixteen teams. Mm-hmm. Period. Did you see what LeBron said about? Oh that? hell, he's like, don't get too silly. Now. Let's not get let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's 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 let's, <laughs> let's chill a little bit. But a lot of people like that idea. I love that idea. So just to clarify for people out there, if you're basketball fans. You know the playoffs are normally structured: Eastern Conference and Western Conference. Absolutely. Top eight teams in both conferences play within their conference until you get to the finals, and the top Eastern team and the top Western team coming out of there, um, who win all their matches, face each other for mm-hmm. the championship. Adam Silver is saying college model's nice. Let's forget the conferences mm-hmm. and just top sixteen teams. Mm-hmm. Sweet sixteen. And you you just put them rank them. By record or general performance, mm-hmm. if there's a tie. And then those 16, they play in a bracket system. Mm-hmm. And so you could have in the first round, and someone raised It'd some good madness. points. You could have, it would be like March Madness. You would have someone like, you never get to see Dame Lillard mm-hmm. play against a Kyrie Irving. But it could happen. But it could happen in this model. Mm-hmm. I would love for it to be March Madness style. I would. I agree. It. It would be more entertaining. It will make this like more east, rivalries. east versus West thing be a, a thing of the past. Point. Moot point. It would be moot. And, you know, it'll just make... I mean, you can still have Eastern Eastern Conference. Like, you can still have rankings if you want with the East and West, but it doesn't, it mean, it doesn't mean anything. Because right. at the end of the day, it's your record mm-hmm. and how you perform every single game. Yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah. The only tough part about it is the travel. Yeah. It's tough to travel for. But all the Portland. players work, worry about that. You're making millions of dollars, guys. I feel like you guys can figure it out. Get yourself a neck pillow and just right. sit back and relax. Or you just make the schedules a little bit, like, the in-between of the games. A little longer? A little longer, potentially. Sure, let's have a longer playoff. Yeah, I'm down. Okay. Why not? I think it's a great idea. It could be It could be like March Madness, but ugh, and the, ugh, I would love it so much. I would love it so, so much. Anyways, um... But yeah, but one of the things that happened during um, during the All Star Games was a white lady mm. uh, from Fox News um, saw the uninter- uninterrupted Uber collaboration that KD and LeBron James did with Miss Champion. It was a ride with champions. Get it? Because they were all champions. You're not. 
I'm you're with not, you. You're not affirming me I'm right with now. You. I'm I am Words of affirmation, dude. <laughs> I just I just feel like it's a little on the nose. <laughs> it's just sorry. Um I forgot her actual first name now that I think about it. I think it's Carrie. Is it Carrie Champion? Yeah. Um she's a podcaster. Oh, it's it's on the TV right now. Um so she's riding she's driving the Uber and having a conversation with Katie and LeBron. This came out I think right after our cast last week. Mm-hmm. Um so it came out like on Friday, I believe. Um, and they're, you know, chatting about, it's a 15 minute long clip. It's not a clip, a 15 minute long production Mm -hmm. where, you know, they're, they're driving around Akron, Ohio. They're driving around Cleveland. Um, and LeBron is like showing them they're going to different spots. Like, oh, this is where I first learned about basketball. This is where, you know, this is high school for me. This is, you know, X, Y, and Z. So they make three different stops and they're talking about different things. They're talking about politics. They're talking about the game of basketball, the people that change their lives around basketball, really just really cool to see that these two players who are supposed to be, you know, the fighters against each other, like they are um, competitors, right? Rivals. Yeah. But clearly they're about to play on the same team in like a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of talk about the similarities that they had as a black man, similarities that they have of like, I think one of the things LeBron said was, you know, yeah, I'm a black man that has, a lot of money, but that but, doesn't but mean that doesn't change, and that doesn't mean that my garage mm-hmm. gets painted the N word. Mm-hmm. And you know what I do have to do? I have to get up in the morning, get that thing painted and cleaned up, and continue my day. It doesn't That's change right. the fact that I'm a black man. Someone spray painted the N word on LeBron James's gate of his home mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. If you weren't familiar, yeah, that just happened. Yeah, this wasn't just like a like a random thing he was thinking. He's like, things like this happen. Right. That people call him the N-word or call both of them like various things when they're you know out in different right. arenas and things like that. That happens. Right. I mean, LeBron said that Boston is not like the most welcoming place sometimes when he has gone out there. Yeah. Um, but <coughs> welcome to Boston. I guess that's like a thing. Um, so anyway, and LeBron and KD were pretty um, vocal about how uh, terrible 45 was and how he doesn't know what the F he's doing and that, you know, he's he's an idiot and a goon. And, like, and again, this is just part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. So this white Fox News person uh, had some commentary about this and basically said, you know, you, you're supposed to be these influencers and, like, how dare you, like, young people are looking up to you. How could you say mm-hmm. that about our president kind of, BS Fox News nonsense. And then she has the audacity to say, shut up and dribble. You just need to shut up and dribble. Meaning, you're a basketball player. Mm. Stay in your lane. You don't have to be talking about all of these things, such as politics and things of that nature. Mm. Once that came out, LeBron did a really dope thing by, there's an art, um, I am more than an athlete. It's a, it is a, a neon light, uh, light um, what's it called what's the word installation mm-hmm. where it says I am more than an athlete and then his his hashtag was hashtag we will not shut up and dribble and that was the whole hashtag that was a whole hashtag we will we not sh- will not shut up and dribble because she he used no, his, no I get it yeah I'm just like that's a long hashtag okay you're LeBron James you can do whatever you want right um, and a lot of athletes were like absolutely we will not shut up and dribble. Mm-hmm. Jay Lynn, Damian, I think Damian Lillard says something. Um, and a couple of athletes, Draymond Green specifically, went to that installation mm-hmm. and was asked, like, what do you think about 
this. And I think he, his exact words were something along the lines of da- Damien, no, I'm sorry, Draymond Green. His exact words were like, yeah, I am an athlete, but I'm more than that. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm not, ju- like, I love basketball, but I'm more than just basketball. Right. Um, and to see these black bodies to be, hey, shut your mouth. Mm-hmm. You just play basketball. Yeah. It's like, man, don't. You better, you better shut your ass up. Because if he had turned around and said, I think President 45 is doing a great job and mm-hmm. he speaks for America and blah, blah, blah. No one's going to say anything. You wouldn't say anything. Yeah. Because he has some dissent, as Thomas right. Jefferson would say. Right. The reason he has dissent is because he has two eyes and a brain. Yeah, he's not stupid. He's like, the stuff I'm seeing is egregious. Right. So I'm going to call that out. Yep. It, I believe his quote also about the president was, he's a guy who doesn't give a, I believe he said doesn't give a fuck about yeah. the people. Mm-hmm. Just, it was really hot to hear him say that. Yeah. And I mean, just based on his actions, mm-hmm. when you have a slip of paper mm-hmm. that gives you five talking points on how to act like you care about children who've just gone through <laughs> trauma. He didn't say that specifically, but we're... Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like the evidence points toward a guy who's so narcissistic that he can't even get out of bed without looking at himself mm-hmm. every minute of the morning, you know? Wild. Like... I don't know, but he LeBron spoke clearly, and Draymond backed him up, and all the KD, KD also. Yeah. Uh, Carrie KD Champion agreed. asked him like, and the Warriors, you know, you guys decided not to go to the White House, and KD was like straight up. Yeah, he was like, yeah, it was so an easy choice. It wasn't hard. Yeah. I think what they actually ended up doing was going to like local areas mm-hmm. um, instead of going to to DC yeah. or to see the president. I think they did something in DC like for the local kids in that area. I believe. Okay. I think I read that somewhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, it comes back to some of the conversations we've had in the past of like, this is a very woke league, and mm-hmm. LeBron, Wade, Carmelo, um, and CP3 um, have led this league to be more woke in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And now these young guns, like, uh, what's his name from the Celtics that we love? Kyrie, nope. Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown. Who are just who are able, who are like no I'm more than an athlete I have some thoughts and these thoughts are not you know I'm not a dumb athlete right. I'm not dumb as rocks I'm not you know I'm not um, I, I, I know how to articulate myself in a right. way that is you can comprehend mm-hmm. and I can run circles around your brain yeah. you know you, so I just think it's I I love that this is a league that we are in that mm-hmm. we are able to have athletes be like bitch what (laughs) like be like what what'd you say and former players are are chiming in as Mm -hmm. well like on different issues so steve kerr and Mm -hmm. um steve nash Mm -hmm. both came out recently in support of uh gun legislation Mm -hmm. you know and gun control laws so like even players of old are starting to um weigh in with their opinions Mm -hmm. so this is a league that i think is more than the mlb or the NFL mm-hmm. taking more of a stance around these things. It's it's America's sport. It's going to be yeah. America's sport. No, it it, it already is. Yeah. It's just America just doesn't know it yet. Yeah. Um, I think I was thinking about the Fergie national anthem mm-hmm. and how much it's like. It's almost like Fergie assaulted the national flag mm-hmm. more than Colin Kaepernick did. No, that's literally what people were saying. Like. Y'all not, y'all not mad about this girl butchering the national anthem? She, yeah. It butchered you know? it. It was not great. But and Fergie, I think you're a great singer. Yeah, I do. That was a really bad performance. I thought it was avant-garde. I hate you. It's new age. <laughs> um, you know, but yeah, I, I get that. But yeah. 
But the game itself was pretty fun. It was fun. It was. It. I was at the edge of my seat that, the whole time. That game, the Team LeBron came back. Team Stefan was basically leading all the time. Stefan. 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 And it's Stefan. What are you, Nike, trying to pitch him on a shoe deal? Oh. Blowing it. Yikes. Just, um, if you don't know, Nike tried to bring on uh, Stephen Curry before he ever signed with Under Armour. And the person throughout the presentation called him Stefan. And they accidentally <laughs> forgot to change one of the slides from Stephen Curry to, it said Kevin Durant. Oh, so, my God. One of the reasons why he didn't sign with Nike. Oh, that is disrespectful. Anyway. Little did they know if they were paying attention to detail. Messed up. They could have gotten a great shoe deal. Mm-hmm. Anywho. Um... Well, with uh, Stefan's team was leading for most of the game. Yes. And LeBron's team would come back a little bit and then lead maybe one or two points and then mm-hmm. fall back, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then that last like minute yep. of the game, so exciting. LeBron's team pulled through. Yeah, LeBron, mm-hmm. Westbrook, mm-hmm. Kyrie, mm-hmm. KD. KD, mm-hmm. who who was the fifth player on that? Was it Anthony Davis? Yes, Anthony Davis. Was it? Because mm-hmm. remember, he wore boogie, mix. he wore he wore Boogie Cousins' um, mm-hmm. um, uniform. Yeah, um, so in they, honor of him. It's nice. Mm-hmm. So they had the two teammates, LeBron and former Kyrie mm-hmm. teammates, and Kevin Durant and Westbrook mm-hmm. playing together. Who, and they looked chummy. They who all looked, looked friendly. like they were okay. And. I mean, I, feel, I was, like, really happy about that. I was, too. Kyrie and LeBron were, like, chuckle, like laughing, like, uncontrollably. Bench. Yeah. To, like, clearly LeBron said something disrespectful because he covered his mouth. Uh-huh. And Kyrie is, like, laughing and said something back to him. And they both are just, like, uh-huh. hysterically laughing about whatever it is that they were talking about. I'm like, yay, you guys are a, friends. I had a good chuckle out of that. So cute. Yeah. It was nice to see. And Russell Westbrook didn't seem like he was holding a grudge. Against, oh. K- against uh, KD. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like, okay, maybe we're back to, we're back to okay, guys. Maybe. This feels good. Maybe they're back to okay. Hmm. I'd still like to see more of a rivalry in the league, like the um, Pistons-Bulls or Pistons-Celtics mm. kind of thing. Just if I could have like the Wizards and Celtics be a little chippy, mm. I'd still like to have at least one rivalry like that. A little, little scuffle? Mm-hmm. But I feel like... These players have changed so much. Mm-hmm. So the OKC, or well, no, Golden State Warriors and the Cavs, the biggest rivalry we have, they're still cool with each other. Yeah. Like they're they're still. But they're but when they play, they're like the All Star Games is supposed to be fun. Like it's not supposed to be that serious. Yeah. You're supposed to make 150 plus points. Yeah. A game, right. But in, it's not. There's not. But this this game actually had defense. Usually you don't you don't see any defense. They the play defense. I couldn't believe that. I was like, what? The refs were actually calling fouls. I know. I was like, wait, what the hell's going on? Someone's mm-hmm. on the free throw line? Why? And, <laughs> and in the last minutes of the game, with a minute and a half left, mm-hmm. remember that ball rolled off of... Um, it was Katie's. It, they thought it was no, Katie's they foot. They thought it was Katie's foot. But it wasn't. It, it was wasn't. the... Oh, gosh. Whoever was, the other player was on Steph's team. I think it was I think it was uh, Thompson. Tristan. No, not Tristan. Um, nah. What am I saying? Tristan Clay? Clay Thompson. Thank was you. It? I don't think so. Whoever. Whoever it was on the other team. They thought it might have rolled off of Katie's foot, but then they went to replay. And there's three different angles you see it from. And you're seeing it from all of them. All three angles. It's clearly not touching Kevin Durant's foot, probably six inches away from his foot. Mm -hmm. It's not even close. And the ref watches it, watches it, 
and blows the call. Completely blows yep. it in a way that is staggering. Yeah. And you see LeBron get he got visibly ups- upset. Yeah, they're... He's arguing the call. Yeah, and I'm like, (coughs) in an all-star game coming down to the wire, you guys are actually, what it reminded me of was straight up what this. this, It's street ball. It was street ball. It was like, you pick teams. This is my team, your team. Doesn't matter what conference they're from. Right. My squad that I picked is better than the squad that you picked, Mm -hmm. and now we're going to prove it. And so LeBron was trying to prove his squad was better, and he cared. And so as soon as the ball came back in, his team was playing defense. Yeah. Westbrook was on the ball. KD was on the ball. And that's why they won. Yeah. It was wild. I it loved it. So it was good. such a fun game to watch. I'm glad. Time. And if they televise the picks, oh. Next people, year. People are going to get butthurt about stuff. So you can't be a captain more than once, right? I don't know. I think that's the rule. That's what LeBron said. So next year it would be not LeBron or or Curry, even if, even if they got the top votes, mm-hmm. it would go to the next people in line. Who do you think it would be? Uh, probably like Giannis and... KD. KD, probably. Giannis did good, too. He did. He, he did really good, too. He, he showed out, young fella. Yeah. You know who did not out. do well? Who? I swear. Oh, I know who you're trying to say. Can I say it? Yeah. James Harden. I don't think he likes all-star games. <laughs> I don't think he likes I don't basketball know. that much. For someone who right now, if the if the vote were today, would be the league's be like, un- unanimous MVP would be James Harden of the league today. Points, assists, numbers, what he yes. does for his team, numbers James wise, Harden yes. would be the, the MVP. When he goes into an all-star game, I he swear. He is so boring. He's docile. But he's kind of like that in the league too. Like when, when the ball's on the other side. He's a little. He's a little he's leisurely. A little, he's yeah. I'm just like you need to get your butt over there faster. He changed his shoes in the middle of the in the he middle did. of the game. I noticed that. I noticed that too. Like it was green and then it wasn't. He. I, he I was just, not. I don't understand it. I'm just putting it out there. I like. It looks like someone drugs James Harden before the All Star game. <laughs> like I don't know what's going on. But he was not on the court. In the last minutes, I don't think. No, I don't think that he was so, either. I don't know, the beard. Mm. The, the beard ain't, ain't feeling the All-Star games. No. But everybody looked good. Do you have any part. anything else to add, basketball-wise? Mm. Uh, Doesn't seem like you do. think I have anything. <laughs> well, then we should go on okay. and move on to some dope people. Do you have a dope person? Yeah, I sure do. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about them. Here we go. It is time to speak on some dope people. And so it is my turn to go first. So I am ready. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> you just look spit hot fire. Um your teeth okay? I got some broccoli stuck in there. Nice. For my plant-based diet. From your plant-based diet, yep. You, I went to the you... doctor's, uh, the dentist today, and they told me I got a fluoride treatment. Mm-hmm. And they're like, don't eat within two hours. Mm-hmm. You know how hard it is to not eat within yep, two I've hours? Done when it. someone tells you you can't eat I did two it. Hours? I did this in January. <sighs> Telling you it sucks. But let me talk to you about my dope person who I think has really nice teeth. Go ahead. Um, it is none other than the... Hold on, let me pull it up, make sure that I say his... Say this person's name correctly. Willard Carroll Smith Jr. Who that? His name is uh, Willard Carroll Smith Jr. More 
commonly known as Will Smith. A.K.A. Fresh Prince. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. This seems unfair. Go ahead. Why does it seem unfair? Because he's the dopest person. He's pretty dope. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Will Smith is, he is an American actor, producer, rapper, comedian, and songwriter. Um, and he's probably one of the most notable uh, actors kind of out there in the game. Um, I think one of, uh, uh, I think something is said that um, Smith was ranked the most bankable star worldwide by Forbes <clears throat> a couple years ago. And as of 2014, so it's a little bit um, uh, old of a data, uh, 17 of his 21 films uh, in which he was a leading role, which, in which he had a leading role, accumulated worldwide gross earnings of over $100 million each, five taking over $500 million each in global mm. box office receipts. Mm. So making a lot of money. Um, and as of 2016, his films have grossed over $7.5 billion Dang. in box office. Billion. Billions. He has um, received nominations, an Academy Award uh, nomination for Best Actor for both his portrayal in Pursuit of Happiness as well as Muhammad Ali in in Ali. He also has won four Grammys. For his musical career? Yes. Four Grammys. Yep, he's won four Grammys. Hmm. And two. Getting jiggy with it. Wait, no. Yeah, he's won four Grammys. He's been nominated (laughs) for five Golden Globes, two Academy Awards, and won four Grammys. All right. And so, again, he's known uh, Jazzy Jeff, who played Jeff in Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and him started his music career together back in the 80s. Yeah. And he's he's done music with him. He's done solo albums. um, And his filmography started in 1992 with Where the Days Take You to now his most recent and soon coming out uh, movie, Aladdin, the live action film Aladdin. Oh. So he's playing. Guess what he's playing in Aladdin? Aladdin? Nope. Scar. Mind you, he's a little bit older. So he Aladdin's a young young jock, you know? Oh, no. Who? Aladdin, have you not seen the movie Aladdin? The dad? No. You're not Jasmine. No. <laughs> oh, no. You are really bad at this game. I said Jafar. No. Iago. No. Who's in that movie? Genie. Oh. He's going to be an awesome genie. Yeah, that's And cool. the reason why I think he's going to be an awesome genie is because recently mm-hmm. he um, has, uh, uh, he signed up into social media because of Ellen's influence, Ellen DeGeneres. Mm-hmm. On December 14th, 2017, he signed up for Instagram and Ellen taught him some stuff about Instagram and how to take selfies oh, and things of that nature. Um, he showed his not shaved nipple to the Instagram world when he shouted out. Justin Timberlake, because, you know, Janet Jackson, nipple, get it, get it, no, get okay, whatever. I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate it. And his whole Instagram is <coughs> so lovely, so positive, so he trolls his kids, specifically Jaden Smith, mm-hmm. um, in a way that's super adorable, and, like, clearly he's so proud of his kids. Um, his stories on Instagram are just lovable and sweet, and in a world where we have a lot of garbage... And a lot mm-hmm. of negativity. It is awesome to find someone like Will Smith out there who is providing some positivity, good words out there. He like shouted out the whole Black Panther cast of like the wonderful things that they were doing, considering, let's be real, he has been the, the black dude that everyone goes to for blockbusters for a while. True that. And now you got a whole cast of people just killing the game. 
Yeah, um, and are. he and he passed a torch in a way that was gracious and lovely, and he's just all around a dope person. And I must say, he looks mighty good. <coughs> he looks mighty fine. He's got a salt and pepper beard. It just it's looking real sexy, Will. Mm-hmm. Looking real sexy. Um, but yeah, he's forty nine years old and rocking it, and has three kids. He's married to um, Jada Pinkett Smith, who is. Uh, uh, a lead character in Girl Strip, which you haven't watched, which that'll be the next movie that you I've heard. It's nice. It's lovely. So yeah, he's my dope person. That's awesome. Yeah. That was a good, a good positivity. All right. Yeah. I Who's like yours? it. Well, keeping with my theme of Black History Month, right. I chose um, three people and then some okay. for my dope people this week. So I mm-hmm. am going to shed light on just very briefly, mm-hmm. for those who didn't know, because I didn't know, so I wanted to educate myself. Mm-hmm. Who were the first black athletes in the National Basketball Association? Okay. And when were they the first black athletes? The year was 1950. Ooh, okay. The NBA, its first inaugural year was 1946. It was an all-white league. And four and in years 19, later. In 1950, they were like, that's long enough. We need some brothers in here. <laughs> Because this game is boring without them. Keep in mind, Jackie <laughs> Robinson broke the color barrier with MLB Absolutely. in 1947. So the NBA was a few years later sure. than baseball. So those players were Chuck Cooper, mm-hmm. first black player drafted in the NBA in 1950. Earl Lloyd, first black player to play in the NBA, actually play a game, mm-hmm. 1950. And then in 1950, Nat Sweet. Water Clifton, mm-hmm. first black player in the NBA Finals. Whoa, what year was that? He played for the, um, that was actually, da, 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 da. he became the first African American to play at NBA on October 31st, 1950, when the Washington Capitals faced the Rochester Royals. Um, he was inserted at the halftime, so brother didn't even start. They're like, we'll bring him off the bench. Yeah. Um, six points, grabbed a game high, 10 rebounds, and a 78 to 70 win loss, uh, or victory over the the rival team I'm trying to see oh the um first player to play in the nba black player in the nba championship in 1955 defeating the fort wayne pistons it's a very different kind of league you said fort wayne fort wayne said pistons? westchester did you say westchester did I, or did i hear that probably uh well they're the syracuse nationals mm-hmm. you know yeah so that that team was not Oh, I need to learn some NBA now. history. So uh, <laughs> I only know the NBA like late '80s onwards, really. Yeah, I mean, same. I, <laughs> I'm not familiar with it. So let me read some interesting stuff here that I found on the wiki. Okay. Um, the NBA was founded in 1946, as I mentioned, and the first season played in 46-47. Wataro Masaka mm. debuted in the 47-48 season as the first non-white player and the first player of Asian descent. In the NBA. The mm. first non-white player was, I believe, Japanese. Wow. Wow. How was that for some news? Did not know that. Didn't see that coming. Sure didn't. African Americans first appeared in the NBA in 1950. Chuck Cooper was the first black player drafted in the NBA. On April 26, 1950, Harold Hunter actually signed with the Washington Capitals, becoming the first African American to sign a contract mm. with any NBA team in history. However, he was cut from the team, unfortunately, 
during training camp, so he never actually got to play professionally. Mm. On May 24th, Nathaniel Sweetwater Clifton, who we mentioned, was the second African-American player to sign an NBA contract. Earl Lloyd, shortly thereafter, was the first to play in the NBA. Hank Dizzoni also played that year, another African-American. And in 1943, Don Barksdale became the first African-American to play in the NBA All-Star Game. So those were some of the first to come down the pipeline. And then from on there, you just see more and more accolades for black players coming into the league. You get a few in, they're like, wow. They're actually really good. They seem like they have an affinity for this sport. Maybe we should give them more playing time. I'm sure that went well. Yes. It's gone well for for many teams. And so that's just the NBA. Keep in mind the ABA, American Basketball Association, was Mm -hmm. still going on during this time. So you had a different path. For a mm. lot of those athletes as well. And so that's a different kind of historical yes. um, trajectory. But at least for the NBA, I wanted to honor um, these uh, brave few who made their way into an all-white league Yeah, to be the first. That's amazing. I had no idea. When you said those names, I was like, I don't know who they are. Because usually you pick basketball players. So I'm like, those are basketball players I don't know at all. Yeah. So it's thank you for enlightening us. Got to respect that. our elders, right? I love it. I love it. Cool. All right, folks. I think that is the end of our cast. Thank you so much for listening to us, um, and we hope that you enjoyed it. Be sure to check us out on, on all the platforms that you may listen to, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts, and be sure to rate us, tell us how we're doing, and uh, follow us on the gram and Facebook and Twitter because uh, we're pretty funny. Send and, gifts. And send us, send us gifts. DM us, you know, slide yeah. into our DMs where we, as in Bri, will respond to you. Yeah. If Alex does respond to you, he will tell you that it's him. Yeah, de- most definitely. Because but seriously, if you have cash, you can just, like, forward that to, you know, yeah. Venmo us. Venmo us. Brian and, Ma- Brian and Matthew, just go ahead and just find me. put your last name out there. Yeah, it's out there. It's fine. It's out there. It's out there. Mine's out there on one of the casts, too. Yeah, so, so like, at this point, this is who we are. All right. That's cool. <laughs> it's, this is our big coming out cast. <laughs> The big reveal you've all been waiting for. The big reveal. That could be the title of this cast. It's the big reveal. Anyway, thanks for checking us out. We will catch you later. See you.